And Ryan is back, everybody. Dramatic drum roll for Ryan. There we go. Perfect. All right. We'll start in three, two, one. I love the fact that we get a season change uh, at the top of the opening act. We've gone from like spring and summer to now <laughs> we are in the fall and we end up yes, in the winter when they crunchy the leaves. Yes. And of course, we open the new act with another monologue to God. Yeah. You know, it makes sense since the last yeah. thing we saw was the trials and tribulations that yes. remind Tevia that, you know, his position is not secure. Yeah. And we so know, like, like, this is also a great way to kind of give some exposition to the audience. Like, Mazel and Seidel are doing well. He's mm-hmm. almost got his new sewing machine. Can you help him out with that, God? Like, it's a great kind of way to kind of I know. catch it's, the audience up on what's happened in these, like, months since, like, since we last It's funny because it's expositing clearly for the benefit of the audience because, uh, yeah omnipresent god would clearly know how model and subtle are doing <laughs> but uh the audience is the one that needs yeah. to get caught up on this here we go so Ryan, you're talking about how does tevia make money and now we're seeing yeah. him take a basket of corn yeah. so clearly this is a trade like a dairy for corn situation mm-hmm. whether well, that's we, feed for the animal or feed yeah for we the saw thing. a lot of Corn in his barn during so probably then it's probably feed for the corn or feed for, yeah, for the animals. For, yeah, for his horse and all the cows. Too. Yeah. That's an interesting shot that we get to see a shot of the yeah. sky. Yeah, like is this God? Is that what yeah. we're looking at right here? Is that supposed to be God? Like the way that it does yeah. the shot first shot of Tevia yes. looking at his tennis ball and then we see the sky. I think that's yeah. clearly the implication. Yeah. Did you ever see the the Andre Tarkovsky movie Nostalgia? No. That. Yeah, it's it's funny. Well, it's not funny. It's not a comedy at all. But there's oh. this like weird segment in the middle of it where like we hear this just like voiceover narration from God, very sudden Ooh. middle, talking to an angel about why he's not going to intervene in the character's like action, and like it, it's it's just funny that like I see a cut like that to a shot of just the sky in here, and I sort of expect something similar. But I think the silence speaks volumes in terms of. God's relationship to the action going on here. Now, Ryan, here's a question for you. So, in sure. the stage show, Pertwee gets a song after yes. him and Huddle get together. They, he gets a song called "Now I Have Everything," but they Ready? cut it from the movie. He wrote another song for Pertwee to sing in the movie called "Hold On, I Can Tell You," because I have it on the CD. It's called, and you actually can hear it. Like, actually, do actually do release the recording of it. So, if you didn't want to look <laughs> it up, you can. But the song is called Any Day Now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but that they was cut it. for the movie? For the it movie. It was written actually. specifically for the movie and they still cut it? Yeah. Yes. Huh. So what do you think about them it, about not giving Perchik a song? Does that undercut like, his character that un, like that only Model get, get gets a I don't think it undercuts of the three in laws, he's the one who gets the most screen time, at least mm-hmm. in the film sure. version. So, like, the fact that he doesn't have a song, might it be nice if he had a song? Sure, but it doesn't. I don't feel like he's shortchanged at all. Mm-hmm. He's, of the three husbands, he's the one we get the, I think we understand the most. Model's mm-hmm. a close second, and the fact that he has a song probably helps with that. But Perchick is, you know, and he is, like, the representation, like, a physical embodiment of the type of progress that the plot is pivoting around. True. So it's understandable that uh, we get a lot of time with him. I'd be curious, I having not I'm sure I heard the stage song, but now I have everything when I see the stage version, but yes. I'd be struggling to remember how it went. Now um, I have everything. I know uh, everything's for. 
Oh yeah, that sounds familiar. But see, the, yeah. they, they took all the argument, like they took the song and made it into a dialogue scene here, kind of. Right. I mean, it also makes you kind of question: Would Huddle and Bridget be a good match? Because it keeps talking politically and straightforwardly, and she's going to the emotion of and marriage and love, like yeah. Oh, sorry, no, and affection. It's and affection is her go-to. Yes. Well, the thing we never do get to see their married life together. He no. is and gets arrested, and she follows him to Siberia. Yes, but that frozen yeah. wasteland. But like, yeah, it is, you know, I, and it goes back to the fact that their whole like early courtship was bickering, as yes. we even see in this scene. Like, you know, I have a hard time picturing a very happy married life between these two, even if it wasn't in Siberia. So yeah, you know, yeah, that's the one thing about them. It's like you bicker a lot. And there does seem to be some genuine affection, but oh, is yeah, this like like first that. young love, or is this something else? Mm-hmm. Do they have the energy to sustain it? Yeah, like at least like model and Seidel have known each other since they were like little children. This yes. is a love that's cultivated over a lifetime. These two just met each other like maybe a couple months before this scene we're watching. Well, I mean, and... Seidel has a baby, so it seems to be like the baby okay. is nine months. Okay, that's something at least, but they don't necessarily get to. Yeah. spend as much time together as we hope. But mind <laughs> you, the song Do You Love Me brings up the fact that Golda and Tevya did not know each other well, before that, the wedding day. Well, that's what I'm saying, and yeah. I think we all agree that yeah. sure, it worked out for them, but that's probably a lot of marriages where it doesn't work out. Yes. It's not the strongest foundation for a loving union. Yes. Have a nice trip. It's like, yeah. but I mean, I get it. Like, this is a, a Tevye's got valid arguments here. Like, <laughs> he has no home, no real income, and you're expecting me to give up my daughter for like a life of destitution with you. Like, get out of here. Yeah. It's like, I, Tevye, you're kind of right, and Gold is too. It's like, he's a pauper. He has nothing. Yeah. It's like, as a parent, yeah. I would be pushing back on my daughter a bit too, where it's like, uh, rethink this like and then here comes the big part that at least title and model were asking for permission they asked me they, they begged me yes yeah. whereas you know purchase whether i like right it or not here, you marry him yes we're not asking for permission we're asking for your blessing we will get married regardless of whether or not you approve which i mean we would that love would to just, have your blessing yeah. and that's kind of this interesting intermediary step that's obviously what happens with Hava as well that you will get married regardless of whether or not you approve yes but this, you know, we are having a test case of that with a Jewish suitor mm-hmm. that still feels like a radical change, but it's yeah. not beyond the acceptability yes. thresholds. Yes. Cover my head. Tradition. Yeah. Tradition. There it is. And I mean, like, I, I'm like, I can see why he'd be mad at this. Like, like they're like really flouncing it in his face now. I don't even think it's flaunting in his face. Yeah. It's just, yeah, they recognize that yeah. it kind of is silly that a father yeah. is allowed to decide who his yes. daughter's allowed to marry. Like, I understand from Tevye's perspective why that feels so <laughs> radical and unheard of, but, you know, maybe daughters aren't property and they should be allowed to marry whoever they want. Yeah, Just saying. I mean, but I do love how Tevye gets through this argument, though. Ah, oh, they did have a matchmaker. It's yeah. you, Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he goes, weren't our ways like once radical? Yeah. Like, 
Like the, I love the fact that they wrote an argument where Tevye gets like beats himself in this argument. Yeah. And the but, fact that the one time he can't be beat is with Hama. That's the one time yeah. where he lets his own personal viewpoints get in the way of this. Mm-hmm. Like here, like the fact that they make him go away from everybody else. Yeah. And he's having this mental battle and it's like he doesn't choose himself in this moment in his view because he goes I can lock her up in her room I shouldn't but I should like I shouldn't like he like like he, like he has a choice where it's like I could go my personal way and throw my way like I get in their way <laughs> but what good is that going to do yeah and like I guess to his credit mm-hmm. when it does come to Tava in mm-hmm. a little bit he yeah. doesn't lock her up in her room and force no. his will upon her he allows her to have her choice just know yeah. that you will be alienated from this family mm-hmm. if you do pursue that choice, yes. which like is, is still very shitty. Yes. But but, uh, and I don't, but yes, it could have been worse. I suppose. Yes. I suppose. <laughs> I love this now. It's the thing of what am I going to tell your mother? Yes, can't do another dream. dream. He's like, ah, she never believe it. <laughs> and then I love this. Tell her I'm going to see a rich uncle. Yes, and, and that he does that. I can handle my own life. Yeah, it's a rich uncle. <laughs> I love I love how he uses the argument that Pritchett gives him and Goldus is yeah. right through it. He's like, Really? We're gonna do this? Like, come on. Yeah. Come the on. communist has a rich uncle, really. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe estranged. <laughs> Have the soup. Have the soup, it's warm. I love this too, where you're like you see him settling down, but really he's like on the edge of his seat so he can bolt out the door. <laughs> he's looking at the dough. Yeah. It's like, you know, you could have played this comedy a bit more where like she either could have been plucking a chicken or something a bit more like yeah. violent. Yeah, more win- and having like more close ups on him wincing. Yeah. Uh, some physical comedy in the end. Yeah, edit. like, yeah. I love how, like, he goes, I'm the father, but really, you know, it's gold that he drives this ship. Well, he's like, he's reasserting his own authority. Like, they didn't ask him either, but he's saying, well, as the father, I approved it. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes it okay. When he, you know, didn't give any consent. I hear he has a rich uncle. Yeah. And I love that Golda is genuinely upset about this. Like she's like, yes. "You're selling our daughter out for nothing here." Like, <laughs> but like this is my favorite song of the whole show. I yeah, have I to say, like this is the song that melts my heart every time. This is like, yeah. I'm like, when I get to my 25th wedding anniversary, should I get there? You damn well believe my partner and I are going to sing this song to each other. Oh, that's cute. I'll <laughs> find a partner who likes to sing. I know that's, that's <laughs> part of the thing I got to do. Yes. Yeah, like we had a lengthy conversation about this song in one of those other reviews we did. We did. We uh, talked about do they actually have a genuine love yeah. for one another? And I would argue, yes, they do. Like I would argue they, the song, they find they do have a love for each other. Yeah, I would argue they do. My critique at the time of this song is that for all of the play's like radical intervention mm-hmm. and proposing that the matchmaker system doesn't work, 
I feel like this song kind of backpedals and says that here is a success story of it. Maybe it's not so bad, which yeah, you can hear my full thoughts in that review. But yes, uh, I mean, I would I, say this. I, I want to say this is a backpedal. I'd say it's more. It's a genuine fear of they're setting up. Does she love him? Like, is there a genuine yeah. love there? It's like, oh, good. You actually did it. We, we lucked out. Because, I mean, we know yes. what happened with Frumacera and Laser Wolf. It wasn't a happy marriage. And Yenta talks about the fact that her husband died without giving her any children. Yeah. And left her single. <laughs> yeah. Like, in my view, like, about love right even though it turns out that they do, in fact, love each other, yeah. the biggest indictment of the matchmaker system is that they even have to ask that they went yeah. into this marriage not knowing if mm-hmm. they would love each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Learn to love each other. And now I'm asking, go! This is a very toned down version of the song. If you watch it on stage, listen to yeah. the recordings, it's like the, do I what? Like, it's very broad. <laughs> yeah. But like, the no, fact I, that Norman Jewison was very kind of toned in and toned down on this. Yeah, I think he recognized that the song yeah. is a big moral center. It is. Like, manic piece of the whole yeah. beat, of yeah. the whole show. This is what's going to sell the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Topol and Norma Crane, they do such a good job together. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, I forget which documentary it was, but they talk about, there's somebody in one of the documentaries who talks about the sex life of Golda and Tevya, and that in this song, you need to feel the chemistry. Like, yes. uh, 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 they have five daughters, so clearly, like, there's some passion in this marriage. I, I It's funny, you bringing up the sex life of. Tevye and Golda, something I've literally never thought of before, which mm-hmm. it makes sense that they have all these daughters, but yeah. now I'm just dreading the fact that that fan fiction probably exists somewhere on the internet <laughs> where somebody has written very erotic. Oh, I don't want to read that. I don't want to read that at all. That's like me watching The Crown, like the first few seasons, and seeing Philip and the Queen being romantic with each other. I'm just like, no, that's like, no, they're like my grandparents. No. Well, yeah, at least when it's like Matt Smith and Claire Foy and they're like young and hot. Like, it's true. You can kind of get behind it. But <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Price and Imelda Staunton, mm, mm. less so. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is a new scene that got added. You yes. don't see this scene. Like, once again, this is a great example of in film, it's show, don't tell. Because we hear mm-hmm. about what happens to Perchik in Moscow. We never see it. Here, it's like, okay. And I mean, you have to realize, like, this was filmed in the late 60s, early 70s, because this comes out in 71. Like, in, yeah. you're in Yugoslavia. Yeah. Like, you're on the doorstep of Russia here, and you're reenacting very violent moments in, of Russia's history. Like, yeah, I remember in one of the reviews we did, we talked about, mm-hmm. where it came up in one of the documentaries about how probably in the Fiddler's Journey to the Big Screen one, because it's more about the movie. Mm-hmm. It was specifically about how filming in Brezhnev's Russia, impossible. That's America's yeah. enemy. Filming in Tito's Yugoslavia, oh, that's fine. So just, yeah. like, pick whichever dictator will be more palatable yeah. to your agenda. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, yeah. yeah, there's something to that, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think also this scene's important to have because it's a bit of action in the movie. Oh, like, for sure. I, I think now that we're hanging to like the final third or the final half of the film. Well, we're not that far from the pogrom at the wedding, so I don't know if no. that's like necessary. I'm not against sure. having it here, and I do agree for show don't tell yeah. purposes. Mm-hmm. I like this scene. I like yeah. seeing the red flags fly, yeah. considering that this is an American production at a time when communism was the enemy. 
True. of America and is pretty powerful that they're framing it in a positive yes. light here as yes. an alternative to Tsarism. Yes. Yeah, this is a very violent mm-hmm. moment. And the fact we get the Les Mis moment of wave the flag. Yeah. But this is actually before Les Mis, because this is 71, so... Les Mis 71 is 74. 71. Oh, well, I think it was 74. No idea. Neither do I. This is a great moment between Seidel and, and Yenta here. Like, the letter, it's like, oh, it's open. <laughs> so it happened yeah. to be open. Like the mm-hmm. fact that we keep checking in with these little side characters like Laser Wolf, like Yenta. Yeah. Or Nuckum the Beggar. Like the fact mm-hmm. we keep seeing them so they keep the community alive throughout the show. I mean, yeah, it, it, uh, it is sad they cut Yenta's big Act 2 song about rumors which, and gossip. And then there was a uh, new song added for the revival, which is all about the changing ways and how Yenta's going to be out of a job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just as Shalom Aleichem wanted it. Yeah. Get rid of all these match makers we don't yes. know. So it happened to open. And here we go. This is the scene that apparently breaks Topol's heart every time he watches it. This is his final. I I believe he says in the documentary this was like one of the last things he shot. Oh, really? Yeah, I've forgotten that. Was this scene? And I mean, it's a heartbreaking scene. I mean, you have to think like he still thinks, "Oh, I still have three more daughters," not realizing that one of them is going to go off and, (laughs) you know, convert. So he's like thinking, this is the worst that can happen to me, is yeah. this moment. That he's probably never going to see his daughter again. Yeah, like, She's going part, off to Siberia. She ain't coming back. And, but, and part of what I love about this, too, is that, like, Tevia probably goes into this scene thinking that, like, ugh, see what happens with the choice you made, the man you married, what regrets you must have. And the fact that Huddle doesn't, that she's yeah. like, yes, I will go to Siberia yeah. to be with my husband. And I chose. I yeah. could have married Laser Wolf, probably. I'm mean, yeah, still single. Married me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, does he yeah. want Seidel specifically, or just yeah. one of these daughters? Yeah. But like, yeah, like she could have made a safer choice, mm-hmm. but she owns the choice she made. She's mm-hmm. not regretting this and being, yeah. oh great, now I've got to go to the coldest place of no. this terrible country. Well, the fact that he talks about the fact that he writes you and asks you to come to that frozen waste, and she goes, "No, he didn't ask me. This is my choice to go." Yeah. To, the, to, to Siberia and be with him. And the fact that, it, once again, just as you said, really, Seidel should have gotten a song with Model in Act 1. The fact that we do get a song with Huddle in Act 2, yeah. that's her making the argument of why she has to do this. And, like, the fact that Perchett's songs have been cut, yeah. but we don't lose this one, I think it works well. If something has to stay, I prefer it be this one. Oh, what's the song called? Yeah, what's the Far song From the Whom I Love. But I always forget the title of this one. But it's a beautiful yeah, song. It's a very memorable tune, yet I can never remember yes. what it's called for some reason. Jill would do a great job with this song. Oh, yeah, probably. Add it to her book. Sure. And the fact that the actress talks about in the, in the documentary that she wasn't a great singer. That mm. she was worried that her singing wouldn't be up to snuff. But that the music director worked with her and got her to do it in such a way that it worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is very much kind of like the Anne Hathaway performance in Les Mis, where is it like the most beautifully sung song? No, but the emotion is what holds this moment in place. Yeah. And then and we get a flashback. This, yeah, a flashback too. And like good casting for this little kid that they yeah. got to play the younger version where she does look like, yeah, yeah this 
I believe that was her when she was younger. And that we cut from Tevia's face to the flashback back to Tevia's face really yeah. sells that he's the one having this memory. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I love how we start with her with him and then by the end she is alone on camera. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the journey of the song of she's with him, they're sharing the screen, then it cuts to Tevia alone reflecting, and then she gets up and leaves him at the bench. And just the fact that he yeah. holds out his hand like he's like, don't let go of my hand. Mm-hmm. It's tragic. Yeah. yeah this like, is I can see moment. why Topol cries every time he does this, like, sees this scene. Mm-hmm. Like, this is such a tragic moment of the show. Like, once again, you think this show can't get any sadder, and it keeps beating you up. Yeah. yeah. And now they're back in frame together. Yeah. But he, but you can't see his face. Yeah, she's he's, still the yeah. dominant. And the fact that she's mm-hmm. on the left-hand side of the screen, which is how we read left to right. So yeah. she is the eye we go to because of the fact that we're going to zoom in on a close-up of her. Yeah, so it's we can't really see showing that. Yeah. And the fact that she's really holding the scene here where it's like, this is becoming huddled. Like, this is her. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't about Tevye in this moment. This is about her. And now we cut back to Tevye. And just oh look at that face Topol's giving like oh my god yeah, he looks so broken he just looks so sad and broken but he knows I can't stop this yeah. there's no way to stop it and the fact that the train's literally barreling down the road yeah. on top of him he has no time to convince her otherwise mm-hmm. it's like oh my goodness and the fact that she's going to freaking Siberia like the frozen wasteland as Tevya calls it it's like not a great place to go when you're going into the winter season. It's not great at the best of times. And like that line really gets me the I promise you we'll be married under a canopy. Mm. Um, It's like, well, we may have broken some traditions, but you can be sure the core work we will do. Regardless of whether or not they actually do, but the fact that she kind of softens the blow for him. Yes. Thanks for all of the ways of breaking traditions from how one leaving our village where I was supposedly destined to stay forever. Mm-hmm. At least I'll keep doing the Jewish way. Yeah. And I think the fact that is the thing that is preserved is what makes Hava's departure very much mm-hmm. the last straw. Yeah. Even if it shouldn't be. Well, we will get into that. I know, we're in, coming up to it. Yeah, we are. He doesn't even get a proper goodbye with it. Oh. oh, there's the hug. Yeah. You probably won't see each other again. No, I mean, you think about it. He moves off to America. Yeah. She goes to Siberia. Yeah, which, I mean, they're again. about to. I mean, this is turned like 1905, 1906. Yeah, give or take. No, sorry. This is after the first Tsarist revolt. So this would be like 19. Oh, this is almost right before World War One too. Yeah. Like, not a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe 1910, I think. Maybe uh, it's like, yeah, it's like before World War One. Okay. Let's see. What well, because, yeah, the, the actual successful Russian Revolution happened at the tail end of World War One. Yeah, 1917. Yeah. Good, good job, tennis ball. You can take care of her. Yes. 1905. 1905. Okay. So. 
This is great too, though. We cut to black, we know cut away to MBO. Yeah. And here we are with our good friend, the rabbi. Yes. And I mean, this is a beautiful set. I mean, they talk mm-hmm. about it in, in Fiddler uh, Journey to the Big Screen. Yeah. The fact that these places didn't exist because the Nazis destroyed them all. So they had to rebuild this set. And they went from archival photos they had. Like, what a beautiful set they built. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. I love this, the fact that, like, truly there's good things, but it's like, no, it's the news. The news feeds off negative, yes. like, negative stories. Yes. <laughs> this Don't is great. What, 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 what's that literary device where it's like, you think it's one thing, but it's another thing? Because they call it a new arrival, it, you think it's a baby. Yeah. Yes, it's a bait and switch. Yeah, yeah it's the sewing <laughs> machine. Yes. Which, like, even if we don't get the sewing machine song, they yeah. still do a good job of making it present yes. in a memorable way. Yeah. Aww. See? Model is industrious. He, he got yes. his sewing machine. Got his sewing machine. And isn't it great that he didn't have yeah. to wait for this moment to get married? Exactly. <laughs> It's also crazy to think that he was working as a tamer without a sewing machine. Like, right? think about how labor intensive that would have been. Very labor intensive. And yeah, I love the fact close. that, like, something so simple to us of it's a sewing machine. Yeah. But you forget that in 1905, yeah, this was like, oh my God, this was like technology that they'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. Like, just the awe of that moment. Yeah. In fact, they even asked the rabbi to bless the sewing machine. Is there a blessing for a sewing machine? There's a blessing for everything. It's true. <laughs> so there we go. So we know model inside of baby's name is Yonkola. Yonkola. And of course, Model's the one that gets the son, the firstborn son. Sure. Tevia oh, yeah, doesn't get, he gets five daughters and Model first try around. He gets a boy. Good job, Model. He's doing yes. everything better than Tevia. He's got a sewing machine. Uh, he's got a son. Oh, yeah, he married the woman of his re- dreams. He's being rewarded for the break with tradition. Exactly. He's not being punished for it, as Tevia would have predicted. Yeah. Damn. That's some impressive. Oh, we got some canoodling. Mm-hmm. Now, see, I don't get why they would do this out in public. Like, everybody's around them right here. Yeah. Like, hey, that's where I'm like, really? You'd be canoodling in, under, like, under a canopy bookstore here? Oh, uh, I guess that's the foreshadowing of marriage under a canopy. Ah. Oh, smart. That, that's my guess. Although that's not how his yeah. non-Jewish wedding Correct. traditions would go. Uh, poor Fiecta. <laughs> I love <Yeah>. a little <laughs> one, the, the one finger handshake. <laughs> oh, 
the most awkward introduction to a future father-in-law goes to. Yes, well, it's, it's not like they're going to have to, you know, spend Thanksgiving dinners together, True. so whatever. I mean, that could be a spinoff. Hava <laughs> comes to America, guess who's coming to dinner? It's Fianca yeah. and Hava with Tevin. Well, you don't have to guess very hard, because they yeah. know who she married. True. Yeah. Speaking of Sidney Poitier, who... Oddly enough, keeps coming up in, the, in this type of conversation. It's true, he does. But yeah, Jewish and were collaborators. Yeah. Has it been the same one audience member who's been with us this whole time? Not sure. Has, I don't know. I can't see yeah. who they are. Right. Yes. Uh, I mean, if, if it's, you're if still, it's the same person, God bless you. Yeah. If you're still with us, Rosalind Harris, great to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks yeah. for watching us watch Thanks your movie. Yep. We just I mean, saw this your is baby. Such a, yeah, this is such a tragic <laughs> scene. The, the, a bird may love a fish, but where will they make a home? Yes. I also, if you recall, put this forward as another possible candidate for mm. redoing the opening of the documentary. Yes. Because well, by the same logic of the constable, too bad you're not a Jew. Yes. It's just another instance where we're litigating how important is it to be Jewish yes. in order to be part of this community or adequately represent the community. And, you know, the fact that, once again, Jewison is not a Jew, contrary to what his name might suggest. And the fact that he talks about he visited synagogues because uh, his yeah, friends were Jewish, but he got kicked out. Like, he was told no. Yeah, and, like, he, he talked in the documentary about how he you know, was the victim of anti-Semitism because mm -hmm. people just assumed he's Jewish based yes. on his name. So he, yeah. do you have to actually be Jewish to know what it's like to be on the receiving end of that? Probably not. Mm -hmm. And I mean, poor Hava, but I mean, like, you should think you should maybe, like, read the room a bit. Like, this seems to be the same day as when Tevye sends Huddle away on the train. Okay. Like, clearly he's already very day. emotional. Like, or, it's, or maybe it's a week later. I don't know. There's no real... I, I, it's hard to say because we kind of have the whole sewing machine in between as like a mood yeah. cleanser. Yes. It doesn't seem like he's just come back from the train station. Look, True. there's a sewing machine. Look, my other daughter is... I I'd like to think this is maybe like a six months to a year after the whole train oh, station, wow. but hard hard to say. I don't know. It's winter now, which yeah. it was... All, I guess it was winter too at the train station, yeah. but... I love this. The whole... I want to see Model's new sewing machine. Yeah. Okay, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. I'm very frightened of you. Of course, again, it's an understandable frustration that he's like mm -hmm. losing all these yeah. positions of power in the family. Yeah. And I mean, like, this scared me as a kid, this outburst of anger. Oh, yeah, you talked about how you didn't like all the shouting. Yeah. He goes in. <laughs> now let's go. But like, now I look at it as a dog, it's like, oh, this is actually kind of funny. Like, yeah, like he's, he's trying so he hard. Yeah, I like. Yeah, he's having a tantrum because he's losing his position as the, the yes. head of the household. His authority yeah. isn't being. Mm -hmm. But again, looking at this, you know, with our this contemporary is terrible. Like, this is like out of a horror movie. Yes, like, this is like, like, but like this whole sequence that was added, like this isn't in the stage show. This no. like this visit to the Russian Orthodox Church by Golda. But mm -hmm. like this is out of like a freaking horror movie, man. Like the scary yeah. eyes, like kind of just the desolate kind of wasteland look you're going for here. And it's like they did a very good job of creating this energy of fear. And the fact that we just saw the rabbi's synagogue, that was this beautiful, intimate, wood, close, yeah. intimate space. And now we're going to this big, gothic, 
Yeah. Cold church. Yes. What it lacks in comfort, it makes up for in size. Mm -hmm. And ornate decorations and all these picture frames. Yeah. And their hats are taller. Mm -hmm. That too. Like, you feel the dread of this moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, once again, this is very much kind of like Anita and the Jets, where it's like, I want to see Doc. He ain't here. Like, this guy's mm-hmm. standing in her way, and she's trying to be polite and negotiate. I mean, this works out better for Goldie than does Anita. But, like, mm-hmm. just that same energy of some, she wants something there in her way, and she is clearly yeah, uncomfortable. Clearly. Fairly a lot of cues have been yes. taken from this earlier project. Yeah. But, and, okay, I lied when I said that Laser Wolf has the best beard in the This piece. guy's got a damn good and, beard. Yeah, this guy puts them all to shame. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that we don't hear what he says. No. I mean, but this is still like out of a freaking horror movie. Like, just this close-up of her running we're gonna, like we're going to cut to in a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this shot right here, like the running yeah. shot. Like it looks like kind of a freaking horror movie. Like they really do <laughs> ratchet up the tension of this final part of, the, of like like going into the third act of the film. Oh, the break. And of course, now this is the situation. And the fact that Topol doesn't allow himself to grieve in this moment. No. He sends Goldo away first before he truly breaks down on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Ryan, I've told you my arguments that I don't think I know. bad in this moment. Because yeah. the fact that it's like he's also has two more daughters in a family in town. It's one versus the many. I yeah, like I and he's expecting to this. die in this town. He's not expecting to leave in the next scene. Yes, we've had this argument many yeah. times. We don't yes. need to really Two back into our other episodes where we have debated yes. this very topic. Yes, I'm of the mind that if we recognize him to be wrong from the present, we could just mm-hmm. as easily recognize that he was wrong even in his own time. Yeah. And, you know, the idea of she is dead to us, therefore we'll forget her, doesn't really even seem like a way we, accurate to the way we conceptualize mm-hmm. the dead, let alone living relatives who are mm-hmm. pretending are dead. I don't well, know I mean, why. you have to think about it, like, even though, like, Fieka and Hava are still in town. So they mm-hmm. would still see each other. Like it's not like you'd never see her again. Like I know, like, so like they're gonna cross each whole, other in the street, man. Like this whole annoying guilt yeah. trippy thing of she is dead, therefore we forget about her. Yeah. You know what we don't do with the dead? We, we don't, don't forget about them. About them. Yes, yeah. it's just silly. I get what function yeah. it serves in the story, but yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. And maybe that's the point. You're not. Yeah, well, yeah, you're not supposed to like Tebbia in this moment. I mean, yeah. we haven't gone to his moment yet. 
this song always makes me cry when I see it done live. <laughs> like it's just such a beautiful heartbreak because I, I love the fact that they stage it where like he's walking and he's trying to move ahead, but he has <laughs> to stop. He can't keep moving forward anymore. He's had so much pain of losing his dog, like Huddle. He's lost Tava now. Yeah, he's like he's lost so much that he and can't shoulder it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I love like the this ballet sequence that we have here. It's like, gorgeous. The, this yeah, is... like it's funny. Like what was the joke from Schmiga doing about dream ballets? Nobody yeah. likes them. You should... But like what I like about this one, yeah. just in the film particularly, yeah. the color grading is beautiful, and because she's the daughter with the the orange hair, this yes. very these warm colors feel very. And it's fitting. done at a sunset. This is a sunset. <laughs> yes, sunrise, sunset. Yeah. But like I like what I like about it. Contrary to the Schmigadoon joke, which I agree with, tree ballets are usually boring. I do think that it's kind of nice that it's not Kava's dream, it's Tevia's dream. Yeah. That he's the one who's having this imagination sequence. Yeah. Which, like, that's at least an interesting subversion of the form, even if we this is yeah. nobody's favorite aspect of any musical. I mean, this is my favorite. I mean, the fact that Nor- uh, Jerome Robbins wanted this to be longer originally. Mm-hmm. This is supposed to be part of a longer ballet, but the show was running, like, over four hours. So... Yeah. The ballet, yeah, I think, I think it's long enough as it is. Yeah. Oh, that's a problem. Just like, yeah. and then there's our fiddler, um, and just like how his daughters had the eye close up when they were yeah. doing the monologue. Tevye gets a moment of the super close up of the eyes. Now, <laughs> I love his. He, he just faces down. It's like he was just so broken, <laughs> Papa. And it's like he's seeing a ghost. He yeah. doesn't realize that it's really her. Well, he, yeah, he just saw this whole dream sequence. Yeah. It's not unreasonable to think that he's yeah. still in it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is the moment where the audience should not be agreeing with him. But we heard in the one documentary that the one night Danny Burstein was doing the show on Broadway some audience members actually applauded him for doing this yeah and that's and the thing that like i don't feel like the framing of it in most productions and even the movie Mm -hmm. like do enough to like communicate that he is in the wrong it kind of if you are a true person who's inclined towards Mm -hmm. the value of tradition Mm -hmm. you're not given anything specific that will make you realize that tepia is in the wrong here yeah You can try to make the argument, but he can't. Like once again, this is his one moment where he chooses. Well, on one hand, he's choosing like, like, like the like himself in the argument of I can't bend that far. Then at the same time, like Jerome Robbins always talk about the circles of like Tevye and God are one circle. Then he's got family. Then he's got the community. Then he's got the Russians on the outside. So this is the one time where Tevye chooses the community over family. And it shows the tragedy of that moment that this is what yeah. the cost is. You lose a child when you go outside the family. Yeah. No other. There is no other hand. This is the one scene I wish I had seen Topol do live. Because <laughs> God bless Harvey Firestone. He is many a great thing. But trying to do dramatic monologues with his very distinct voice didn't quite work for me. 
Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Ohava. Yeah. And I love the fact in this one documentary, they bring up the fact that in order for her to marry Kieko, she had to be baptized. Mm-hmm. Like she had to full on renounce her faith, Jewish faith, but, in order to marry him. But what, what I would argue mm-hmm. is that if Tevia would be accepting of the marriage, she wouldn't have to give up her faith. Fiedko would Fiedko have to give up his. Because the, yeah. if the Jewish community would embrace him into their own, as Tevia could do. Yeah. Uh, I love this part with the two younger daughters yeah. that nobody cares about. Two oh, very young. And actually, I know their names now. Their names are, yeah. hold on, I can tell you. The names are Britska and Belka. Britska and Belka. What's the difference? Take your pick. They're both yeah. wonderful boys. <laughs> I like their scarves. The fat one. <laughs> that one. This is great that they all come. Yeah. Once again, this shows Tevya, even though he doesn't have the money, mm-hmm. he is still an important man in the village enough that they all come to his doorstep. Because he has a relationship with the constable. Mm-hmm. Do we ever get a backstory on why he and the constable became friends or how there that was relationship? There was no real backstory, but yeah. like Norman Joseph says, he pictures that they grew up as kids in the mm-hmm. same village. Yeah. And that's it's... why he's so hurt by what's going to happen here in the scene. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't but we don't get like a that... verbal backstory. On yeah, we don't really need it. I just, yeah. Yeah. my mind wonders, like, how did these people become so close? Well, I assume that, like, the constable's dad was the constable, and this is kind of like a job that's being passed down. and he grew up here or he moved here at a young age when they both were young men and they became friends that way. <laughs> and Ryan, we talked about this in the other review of Miracle of Miracles, but there was a different song that followed yeah. this moment. There was a song for the rabbi called yes, When Messiah uh, Comes. Yes, which we had a whole conversation yes, about that. that yeah. uh, and there actually is a really good Joel Gray recording from the Yiddish production that uh-huh. he did. And of course, this is the moment that they talk about Topol is a Israeli Jew when he says, right. "Get off of my land." It's a very different one from from as the one guy says right. in the documentary of New York Jew versus, versus, yeah, versus the Israeli, Israeli Jew. Jew. Yeah, that was an interesting talking point mm-hmm. that we. Yeah. I also do say we should give the constable's mustache a shout out. It is a yes. very good looking mustache. Yes, we've had a lot of great beers, but no other mustache yeah. is like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I ever told you this story, but when, but when I was young, my dad knew. So when Stratford did the production with uh, Brent Carver mm-hmm. back in the early 2000s, my dad knew the actor who was being the fiddler because he had coached huh. him in hockey. Um, so my dad got to go see the show. And at the time, we had a individual from the Ukraine visiting my, my, my grandparents' company named Nadia. And so they brought her along to the show. And apparently my dad said she got very upset by this particular ending of having them all leave the town. And she goes, historically, they wouldn't leave the town. They would just go in and slaughter, slaughter them. Like there, there was no leaving. Like There was no walking down there with the fiddler at the end. Right. Like, it was more just the fact that she was like, this is a very American ending of, we don't kill them, they're going to have to leave the town, but, you know, they get to go on to America. 
Yeah. He's like, that wasn't the case. Like, they would go in and, like, just shoot them and kill them. Or whatever they would do to them. Mm-hmm. Like, much, think, much like, more violent ending. She's like, she didn't like the fact that it was American. She's like, it should be, like, if you're going to do this story, there should, there, it should be darker. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I see that argument. Mm-hmm. I guess we can internally justify it yes. on the basis that this is still the constable mm-hmm. doing favors to yeah. Tevia. Yes. Like, yes, in, under different circumstances in different towns, maybe they would have. Yeah. But, you know, I, maybe they can do more to show that this is the exception and that yeah. those circumstances would have been different if not for this friendship. Yes. But anyway, I think, yeah, there is something to all of the American Jews in the mm-hmm. audience seeing this ending and being like, and that's how my family came yeah. here. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, even if it isn't accurate to how that actually would have happened, that it was the lucky few who got to escape and come to America as opposed to everyone being exiled into it. Yes. And then, of course, we get this great song that when you watch the documentary Journey to the Big Screen, you see that Norman Jewison is brought to tears on this film in this scene. Yeah. This scene breaks his heart. Yeah, this is the big emotional ending. Yes. Technically, this is the final song of the show. There's no other song that follows it. Yeah, it's true. This is the last song that the audience gets to hear at the end of the night. There's still like 20 minutes left in the movie. Yeah. And I think I told you the story when I saw Miracle Miracles live. Like, in the 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 theater. The the whole audience. It was a packed house and they all sang this. Yeah, it's impressive. Yes. Like, everybody knew the lines to this song. And the fact that this was just a chorus from another song that got cut from the show, that they just slowed down the tempo to make it more tragic. Like, this was supposed to be part of a song that was written, it was a letter to Uncle Avram over in America. And if you listen to the Yiddish cast recording, they do a lot of the cut songs as, like, bonus tracks. There's a faster version of Anatevka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And once again, Norman Jewison does such a good job on where he chooses to do the crossfades. Like, just this long pan over people. And, like, you would think, yeah. like, you go, oh, yeah, that's easy enough. It's like, no, no. Like, he's making very deliberate choices on who he's focusing on when. Then you're crossfading. Like, it's interesting because they're singing about the town, mm-hmm. but the town is really just the accumulation of the people it who is. live in it. Yeah. And, you know, maybe whether or not it's historically accurate, mm-hmm. the fact that those people can all scatter all over the world, mostly in America, and bring that town with them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not really about the specific land in a country that's hostile towards mm-hmm. their presence in it. Yeah. And the fact that we are lingering more so on the people than the physical geography, I think. I love the rabbi on the balcony here. Mm-hmm. Like, just, just that lone figure, just so tragic. And then I love how Golda comes in at the end of it's just a place. Yeah, well, that's and exactly the point. And, and, and then Tevia's final line of this is why we always wear our hats. Yeah. No time to take them off. You're mm-hmm. going to leave. Yeah. Like, I love how it's just so, like, I can imagine in a the theater that line could get a laugh depending on how Golda delivers it. 
Same mm-hmm. thing with Tevye's line. It's like you have this big climactic, very sad song, and then you've got these two lines that, depending on how you play them, they can actually be kind of come off as very dry comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think that's a problem if it does. No, I, th- I think that's a perfect amount of levity you need at the end of this. Yeah, movie. and that's like you know they always say classic. The reason why Jews are so you know it's considered such a comedic folks is that yeah you gotta have to laugh through all the yeah the tragedy that was just described in that line yeah. It's the funny line from Seinfeld when Tim Watley, the dentist played by Brian Cranston, converts to Judaism. Yes, for the jokes. He suspects he does it just for the jokes. He says, Jerry, it's it's our sense of humor that has sustained us as a people for 7,000 years, or like 3,000 years. It's 5,000, even better. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a great episode. And then Jerry goes to the confessional booth, sits on the pew, the Raquel Welch and the Bullies. I haven't heard that one. Uh, Yes. And this offends you as a Jewish person? No, it offends me as a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> this is just, so, once again, the fact that Norman Jewison gives time to these shots. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 he could have cut away when the rabbi was looking sad early in the shot. But the fact we get to see him walk out of the space alone. Yeah. It's just so well, tragic. Well, when the, in the earlier scene, we were kind of praising the the set dressing of making mm-hmm. the synagogue feel like a real place like you lived yeah. in and yes that is the part that mm-hmm. you have to leave behind you can't take that building with you yeah you Maybe. can take the people with you and yeah. you know bring that community ethos elsewhere but the actual you know the stuff they're leaving behind they do yeah. impart it with weight mm-hmm. in fact that there's a little fork in the road they're splitting on Mm-hmm. And now we can kind of get the curtain call for all the supporting characters here. Yes, that's a wrap for villager number three, who has yeah. a name and a job. Yeah. <laughs> now the fact, well, the fact that we get this kind of sign off for each of the characters, like Yenta, we know she's going to to the Holy yeah. Land. Yeah, we're gonna hear Laser Wolf going to America to see his brother-in-law, who he hates. Yeah, we'll be neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do like to kind of picture that Tevia and Laser Wolf somehow do find each other in it? Yeah, they're neighbors. They live in separate American cities. That doesn't make them neighbors. Well, no. Well, no. Uncle Vram is also from New York, isn't he? I thought one of them was going to New York and the other was like, Chicago, we'll see it in a second. Oh, Chicago. Yes, that's right. That's right. But yeah, I feel like the joke is that they don't have the best sense of how big America is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, one village over. (laughs) Yeah. Walking distance. Well, like Russia is huge too, but the Jewish communities are pocketed off into these small. Yes, villages and shadows yeah. like mm-hmm. yeah that's a wrap on yenta yeah yenta's off <laughs> and see but that's a growth of thing like topo's now or tevi's now saying that multiple is a person and before he was mm-hmm. like you're just a poor tailor you're nothing to me yes now by the well, end he's acknowledging that muddle has made something of himself yeah, and by this point, Muddle's been part of his family for several years, I would yes. say. So he's had time to warm up to him. I would say at least a year, because you know it's well, nine months to the baby, and the baby's really exactly. young. Exactly. So. Who knows if that baby came right away? It's sort of a time. I'd assume it's a honeymoon was. baby. Sure. She was ovulating on their honeymoon. Why not? Why not? I'm sure there's some know. of that fan fiction. Let's just like that Golda and Tavia. No, I, I don't want to read it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
just that's actually just a great little bicker line. Of, I don't want to leave a dirty house. He's like, ah, yeah. oh. sweep the floor. Yeah. Oh, and here we go. Sign off for Laser Wolf. Yeah. You would think he'd have more stuff with him than mm-hmm. like two suitcases. Well, yeah, for all the stuff he owns, I guess that's kind of he unless he has more of it coming on like a separate cart. But maybe, yeah, I think. But I think that's like an interesting contrast to think that mm-hmm. Laser Wolf has everything that Tevya wanted. He's rich. Yeah. He has all those possessions. But when you get kicked out, you can't take it with you. Yep. They are very much equalized in this moment. Yes. And it is Chicago. You just confirmed it's yes. Chicago. That's what that's I good. thought I remembered, but I wasn't certain. Yeah. I love this look back they give each other. Where it's like, yeah, we may have yeah. hated each other a ton, but... Oh, but, you know, we're in the same boat here. Yeah. Seeing your familiar face and bickering with you made my day. Yeah. Big hug. Yeah. And just a simple nod. Mm-hmm. And off goes Good Laser moment. Wolf. Yes, that's a wrap. That's a wrap on Laser Wolf. Next. Yeah. I think it's, Next, uh, I believe it's Kava. No, it's Muddle. It's, it's Muddle and Sidewalk. Oh, I'm Muddle and Sidewalk. Yeah. But this is a new addition. The fact that Timmy gets to say goodbye to the horse. Yeah. That's not in the future. Because once again, you can't show a horse on stage. Yeah, unless you have like, a whole war horse big yeah. life-size puppet. <laughs> I can't see that working with Fiddler on the Roof having, the light, having a, a, a well, war horse I can't. Puppet. I can't see it working in any show that's not about the horse. That's why it works so well. It'd be very distracting. Because that is the main character, but to just have to go into that much effort to make those life-size puppets in a show that's not really about the animals, that would be a waste of budget, in my opinion. But you can really tell, like, Tevye has a real relationship with all these animals. Yeah. And And he's probably had long conversations with his cow and his horse. Yeah, and that's why he was so perturbed when he thought that Laser Wolf wanted to buy a cow. Exactly. Why not? Even if he's still profiting off of the products that these animals yeah. provide, he doesn't kill them, and that makes him mm-hmm. a good yeah. you know, enemy of all. Oh, wait, no, you're right. Oh, it is Hava who's there. Wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, Seidel's already there, I guess. Well, because Seidel's leaving with them. Oh, that's They're true. going to New York together, whereas yeah. Hava has Sir Gobby with you moment. Yes, that is true. So I oddly showed up at the gate, Seidel mm-hmm. and, and Marvel. But it's tragic because they talk about where they're going to go, which is they're going to go to Germany or Poland. Yeah. No, they're going to Poland. Poland, which Poland. yeah, is much better than no, Russia. Because you know what's going to happen. History. Like they're going to move there, but then you know, like that doesn't save them when it comes to World War II. Oh yeah, which is still a couple decades off. Of, decades off. Decades. That you would think that if they settle in in Poland, and yeah. what's going to happen to them? It's like. <laughs> Going to be a tragic ending no matter what we do. For them. So the fact that Fieka leaves does show he has a good heart. Even though I yeah. do agree, he should be the one to convert if he really loves well, him. Well, but I don't blame him because Tevya rejected him from the outset. I think True. he would have, I fan fiction perhaps, but I think that he would have converted if he would have been embraced by the Jewish community mm, and Tevya specifically. Whereas, you know, that was that. The hope of that was killed in the crib. So, like, okay, I guess you're going to become Christian if I'm not going to become Jewish. Mm, true.
Mm-hmm. That's the good line. We cannot stay among people who can do such thing to others. They're not being forced out. The fact that he has a Jewish wife isn't the yeah. reason why they're leaving. It's because they, yeah, we don't want to support this. Yes. This state. Very prophetic lines by Pietro. He doesn't get a lot, but he has yeah, some a, very prophetic lines of like some people are driven away by I forget what it is, but then it's like by silence, like driven away by loudness, but driven away by silence. Yeah. Just as that. Yeah. Yeah, like he's Papa. Can you quiet. hear me? Yeah, he's the quiet revolutionary. Yes. Whereas Perchek was the, the yeah. disruptive revolutionary. Correct. Which I mean, for me, I would go more the Fiecka route of sure, quiet but stoic here. Like he's like, no, like I, I, yeah. I have a position I'm taking. I'm just not going to go wave the red flag about it. Still committing to his principles. Yes. That is the best line. Yeah. I love Rosalind Harris's reaction to this. It's that slow turn and that. Yeah. I can say it. Mm-hmm. And Goldie even doing that. Say it like. Yeah, got me with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a curtain call on Hava and Fiesta. Yeah. Also, what was the thing with "We'll write to you in America" under Jerome Robbins's direction? He oh yeah, he made her uh, say it like like do that one line like uh, like five hundred times. Yeah, because she wasn't giving it the right. Yeah, yeah, not a great. Yes. Like once again, created some brilliant work, but there was a cost well, to that work. He definitely yes, had we, some, we had some our whole discussion about that in the, in the Miracle Miracles review. Yes. Okay, here we go. This is why I thought that they showed up later in the scene. It's because mm-hmm. Model shows up later. Seidel's with them growing right. up, but it's... Right. Yeah, I remember that Seidel yeah. was already there because yeah. she's the one who does the intermediary talking yes. with Sava. Mm-hmm. I love Model's get-up with the scarf and that. Right? Like, they all... He's just cute. He's a cute little man. He's a cute little man. He's a cute little tailor. <laughs> But I mean, hey, you're going to be walking in cold winter Ukraine. Oh, I know. I'm, I'd be I'm bundling faulting, up too. <laughs> I'm not faulting ever bundling up. I think it, I, I just think, yeah, his outfits are always fun. Yes. And since that's his business, it seems appropriate. Yeah. Off they go, and that's a curtain call on Saito and Mako. Yeah, and little baby. And little baby. What, what did you say? Uh, Yonkola? I think Yonkola. Yeah, sure. Don't get too attached to the baby. No. The sewing machine, on the other hand. That's what you should get attached to. <laughs> Here we go. Now they're hitting the road. I mean, I can't imagine what that would be like, like having to drag that cart. Yeah. Like, dear God. Yeah, it's definitely physically taxing to say nothing of yes. the emotional. That's the emotional weight this moment, too. Mm-hmm. And there it's heavier goes. Yeah. Oh, here we go again on my own. <laughs> and I, I would walk by hundred Yeah, they should at least play some cool road trip jams yeah. to get them through the journey. I mean, you gotta think, like, if you were doing this, like, nowadays, yeah. we'd have podcasts and audiobooks and music. That's to- the worst thing about here, is that they don't have fun entertainment to listen no, to. No, you're just walking um, all day. 
It's yeah, like, not the fact that they have to leave the, their home, the only yeah. village they've ever known. Yes. But, you know, oh, great clip about the constable. Yeah. As he's watching them all leave. <laughs> That's great. Once again, like just yeah. Norman Jutsu giving those little extra moments to yeah. the constable to build and like, I, a bit more. I, and like maybe, I don't know, we, I feel like this is a discussion we could have had many times over, but like, I wonder if because Norman Jewison not being Jewish himself, feels like this need to like oh we gotta dig into Humanize, this character yeah. the, the person who cares for them but can't be part of them or i don't know there's something there i mean the fact Trust. that in the stage show i don't want to say it ends on a happy you know basically tevia starts walking and you get right into the thing of joining them the fact that mm-hmm. we get this great montage yeah it's just of, a of, difference of, of, what film can offer yes the fact that yeah in film you can see so many great visual images of this exodus <laughs> on a t- and also the other visuals so you hear about Zaloka Zolo- and a few other towns yeah. you'd imagine that they're all leaving around the same time yeah or at least within a few days of each mm-hmm. other probably yeah we get a barge here kind of great symbolism of the boats they're eventually going to get on to go to America yeah. crammed with people fun I don't, based on what we're seeing here, that's nothing compared to, like, real historical oh, yeah. photos. Oh, yeah, yeah, you see those real photos. Getting crammed inside. onto, yeah, that one's oddly spacious. spacious. Yes. I love this, too, the, uh, the fact that they reference that this was the breaking of the circle, and that Norman, mm-hmm. Norman Jewison really did want to make homage to Joan Robbins with the circle of people that is now breaking. Oh, there we go, yeah. now they're in a circle. In the circle at the crossroads, the yes. two images counteracting each other. Now they break. Now we get to Tevya again. He's still going. But who's gonna join him? Gotta have your fiddler with you. you carry your traditions yeah. with you. Yeah. Carry on. I also love the framing of he sees the filler in the distance. Yes. Very similar to the framing of every time he does it on the one hand, the other hand with one of his daughters. It's like a good, you know, visual symmetry there. Yeah. And then I love the fact that Tevye just walks off screen and that's the end of his appearance. Yeah. And the filler's still left a little bit, few, some paces behind. Yeah. And here we go. Nice. Love that. Okay. Credits. The we end. Woo! Good job, Fiddler. And with 11 minutes to spare, Ryan, give us a quick yes. classic Ryan Barakovich send-off and your final thoughts. Okay, yeah, I love, uh, this movie's great. I, it's been a while since I've seen it many times before, mm-hmm. but it has been a little while. Nice revisiting it here. Mm-hmm. I love that this is, because we talked about different movies that you and I would review in this format. Mm-hmm. And Cabaret was another one that we brought up that we may or may not still do. But I, I've seen the movie Cabaret once. Oh. I have seen Fiddler many times. So I feel like, and it's also been a while since it's certainly been longer that I've seen Cabaret than last time I saw Fiddler. So I feel like I would have a harder time like being like, oh yeah, oh, I thought so about this. Whereas this one, because I'm so familiar with this, seen it so many times, mm-hmm. I can definitely... You know, I'm the kind of person who, if somebody wants to talk to me during a movie, I will pause it. Like, okay, say your talk, <laughs> and now we resume. 
So yeah. knowing that like we're doing this live commentary overlay, and I was like, oh, that's so counterintuitive to how I like to consume media. <laughs> but it's you did very it, good. A, you didn't. You kept the conversation flowing. You never stopped because it's Fiddler. Because this is mm. a piece that I know well enough. I've seen enough times that I know what I'm looking at, even if I'm not giving it my full auditory attention. That's it. so. So I was happy we did it with this piece, and yeah, I, I hope people, the one person, and however many bots enjoyed everything we had to say about it. <laughs> and the people who listen to this on audio, we hope you enjoyed yes. it as well. Down the line, but right now yeah. uh, they only exist in the realm of possibility. We know yes. there is one person who's been with us this whole time, and who may or may not be Rosalind Harris. Thank you for watching. Bravo to you. I may split this audio into two parts, like part one, part two, just because it it's is a three a hour movie. plus. <laughs> it's a yes. long movie to get through but that no ryan thank you so much for doing this yes we'll absolutely get you back for another one whether that's avita cabaret like we will i feel like whatever else we do i would want to just like watch it first own. even if it's something i've seen before yeah. which we, it probably would be something we choose would be something yes. i've seen before but i would yes. want to have it fresh in my head yes to then do this commentary be like cool i just yes. watched this let's talk about this scene and that scene like yeah uh, Agreed. Fiddler was a good first choice because I did not need to do that with this one. Love it. <laughs> so thank you Love for it. bringing me on. Oh, uh, anytime, Ryan. So nice to do this cross pollination between yes. Cup of Hemlock and Before the Downbeat, of which yes. you traverse both worlds very elegantly all the time. Yeah. Thank you, thank uh, you, thank you. And Ryan, where can yes. people find and follow you if they want to find and follow you? Classic answer, you can. But if you happen to watch before or listen to, because it's just a, a podcast, just a podcast, just an audio <laughs> only. You know, if you are a fan of Before the Downbeat and, you know, you like Mac and you have now enjoyed my presence, you can tune into all of our less musical theater antics over at Cup yes. of Hemlock Theater mm-hmm. at COH Theater on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Cup of Hemlock Theater on YouTube, the Cup of Hemlock Theater podcast on all your podcast places. Mm-hmm. And check us out. You can see us talking about theater there, over there. Indeed. Yes. And you can find follow me at Mackenzie Horner, all social media platforms. Follow, as Ryan said, Cup of Hemlock Theater for our other great content that we do. And yeah, keep staying tuned. We promise season five coming early, in the, probably maybe in the next few months. Ooh, you never know. Stay tuned. Indeed. But yeah, stay tuned. More, more to come. We will probably do another live commentary in the next little bit. And yeah, we will see you all in the very near future. Until then, everybody, stay healthy, stay safe, and sunrise, sunset. Sunset.